Blog Talk Radio. Show. 
I am glad you are here. We are glad you're here. We got a great show for you tonight. We're talking about how do we create a Black Wall Street in the global economy. Uh, so, of course, we're going to have news tonight. We're going to talk about our topic. Of course, we're going to hear from the fire starter herself, Miss Cicely Victoria. Uh, and then Scoop Nation is going to give us our hot topic. And, of course, we got the best in independent artist music and much, much more. So before we get started, let me say what's up to my people. Uh, what's going on, Cuzzo? How you doing, man? What's happening, man? I'm doing good. good, doing good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Besides, I'm over, here like, I'm over here looking like I'm over here crying, crying, looking like my like uh, somebody that hit me in the eye. So I'm, but I'm all right. I'm you have contact issues too. With the allergies? Oh no, man. my contacts flaring up. No, that is all allergies. It's it's bad. All bouching long. Bad. <laughs> Active use. It's not. It's not, it's not helping. It's not helping. I got cold, cold towels on my eyes and everything. It's still not working. So I just gotta let this. One. I gotta ride this one out. So that's all right. That's all right. Q, how you doing? Yep. I am doing well. I am doing well. It's been a crazy busy week for me at work. Um, but aside from that, I am doing extremely well. Still. Super geeked from our trip this past weekend, so and I'm yeah. from laughing and talking ATL, all weekend. <laughs> That's how you know you had a good weekend with good people when you come back horse from laughing and talking. <laughs> Did y'all meet you give four women? No, we didn't actually. We were moving around. Aww. We stayed in, in traffic quite a bit, and um, to be honest, we probably could have stood to hook up with her because us without a local tour guide was interesting. We went to quite a few places that were like more misses than hits, but the fact that we were together made it all right. Um, so it was it was a very it was an amazing, amazing trip. And I can totally attribute that to the people that I was with. So um yeah, it was great. I'm happy. <laughs> Can't wait to go back. We made plans to make more moves like that. So yeah, your girl is good today. I'm good. Cool, cool, cool. All right, cool, 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 cool. And of course, we got Miss Kelly Johnson. She'll be joining us here in a moment. So, uh, yeah, so we should be with us in just a second. So we're gonna go ahead and jump into this news. All right, go ahead, cousin. Let's. Uh, what what you got? Well, first and briefly, uh, the playoffs are off and running. Uh, Indiana is already at home. The Thunder's are playing right now. The Bulls are playing later. Uh, is San Antonio still living? San Antonio is still living, but they're about to go to. Uh, who else on their way out? Cause oh, you been paying attention? Are you a fan or no? Not been. so much. No, I'm not saying, but I honestly I have been in super work mode, so I haven't paid much attention to this series. I catch the headlines every now and again, and folks are saying that we have we've been real, we've been doing the same inconsistent we've been doing most of the season. But as far as speaking deeper into that, no, Russ is still running it. <laughs> And we just, yeah, you know, the rest of the team help. is just happy to be here. Yeah, he needs some help. I'm telling you, <laughs> he definitely needs some help. Brody can't do it by himself. Uh, I'm a Brody yeah. fan, by the way. I rock with Brody. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he's a player, but, you know, like you say, he needs some help. Definitely. I thought Depot was going to be help. Depot is not help. Well, because he Depot, man. Depot was getting down in uh in Orlando. Or at least ESPN highlights make it look like it. Yeah, a couple. That's what I dunks. think it is. I think highlights fool us. 
Like, have us think yeah. that folks is worth or something, and then they come to your team, and you be like, bro, go back. Go back where you he came from. Good, he had some good dunks. That's, that's, that's <laughs> well, what he was. Wasn't he the man, though? <laughs> Who was the man when he was there? Uh, the light-skinned dude was the man. It wasn't him. No, the light-skinned dude that won the dunk contest, he don't even play. Uh, no, 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 no. The other one that played point, the little point guard. He was like a two-guard or whatever. No, point guard because Oladipo Depot was a two-guard. The point guard was the man. It wasn't him. Hmm. So, no. Nah, mm-hmm. It wasn't him. And, again, you talking about being the man on a team that won 20 games. Come on, now. That's true, too. Orlando was hot sorry, too. So, I mean. Yeah. They basically gave up the whole starting five to get Serge Ibaka. So, that tells you where they were sitting at in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well. All right, yeah, yeah. So briefly, briefly in sports, we got, you know, baseball season started. I know everybody don't care, but Southside is back in full effect. That would be our good old Chicago White Sox. The uh, Oklahoma City Dodgers are back in full effect, so catch an Oklahoma City game. And uh, in the other city, border and safe. Go on and catch a good baseball game. Nothing like sitting out at the park, having a nice cold and a good park dog. And talking and sitting uh-huh. in the sun. Actually kind of good fun. Pack the family up, go catch a nice little cheap game. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Okay, and then the wallop of them all. Okay, so it is NFL draft time. And, of course, with NFL draft time, always comes the uh, – the the dramas of dating and the rules and the rape and the fighting and the punching and storyline after storyline after storyline to where it's almost to where it's expected every year. As sad as that sounds, but it's expected because it's almost to where you have to wonder, is this a calculated come up? And this year's recipient would be a young man by the name of... Mr. Conley, and he's a defensive back out of Ohio State, and he is being accused of rape. Um, Because those things are gory, I don't really like to go into the whole detailing of it because it's sketchy. It comes back to, you know, uh, and I will post the story as well, so, you know, it's not a Rashad said, it's more of a, you know, Take it how you want to take it. You make your own judgment. But uh, I don't know. What do y'all think? Have y'all looked at that article or heard anybody talking about Mr. Conley? I read the article that was posted. Go ahead, kid. Mm, No. (laughs) Uh, I read it, and... Based on what it said, there definitely needs to be more details. Um, I think I think that this is extremely messed up. If after all of this publicity section and you know all of this, if we are and if it all comes out, then you know he's innocent and. She just decided she no longer wanted to be there or whatever because the the article that you stated said that the, he he asked her to leave the other women. I, I'm assuming they were the women in the room because they keep saying the two, the two you know the, the other two. And I'm thinking, well, the 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 other 
teammate and then the other two. So I'm thinking, you know, women, um, they say they didn't know her. She wasn't really with them, and she was asked to leave because she was angry. So it was just um, I want to know what's, what's going on. I wouldn't have been in the room. I don't know why he invited her into the room. I don't know why she was there, but without more information, it um, it just seems real. We need more information. And if it all comes out that it's all just her crying wolf and being extra, then she needs to do mm-hmm. she needs to be punished for that. That's the bull. Like it and it needs to stop. We gotta stop doing this. We have to stop allowing this. We have to stop it just has to stop because it's 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 too much. Like it is predictable at this point. So, so we need to, the only way it's going to stop is if there's actual consequences other than oh for you, sorry. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know, hands in the air and it just fades to black. Nah, bruh. This is killing these young men's careers. It is doing them in where they don't even have lives outside of the athletics when it's all said and done. So, you know, not to pass judgment on her, not to call, you know, not to do any of that. I'm just saying we need more information. But if it, after it's all said and done, if it's not true, yeah, we need we need to be flipping the script and homegirl needs to be the one up on their stand. That's, this is not cool at all if it's not true. At all. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, I, I think I'm just. I think, <clears throat> like you said, like you said, a lot of it has to do with. I think I want to know is why is it that, without knowing more, like knowing that what this is going to do to this man, young man's career, like why put it out if you don't know enough? You know what I mean? But at the same time, the other problem, you know, I, I get it, but I kind of don't. So on the one hand, you got to put you don't. You know, you want to put it out because it could be true, but then you don't want to put it out because it could. You know what I mean? So it's like, what, at what point does, does do we say we're not going to put this out because we don't know yet? Because we know that in all likelihood, the article says he's supposed to go mid first round. This probably going to drop him all the way down third mm-hmm. fourth round, or possibly he could possibly not get drafted over something like this. So I was going to say, and now here's a, now here's some good sports room talk. And this makes a lot of sense. Um, it very well may not always be the women. Um, being that sports is a very big business, people have to look into factors. Like um, if I'm an agent and I tell you that you're going to be top five, would I not be able to stir some mess up around somebody else to make their draft position drop? Like would that be beyond my my dirt mode? You know what I mean? Like, if I promise you for real that if you give me X amount of dollars, I'm going to make sure that you're a top five draft pick and you worried about this other running back. And I'm like, no, 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 don't worry about him. I said, you will be a top five draft pick. If not, then I will manage you for less. I will manage you for less. I mean, you know, like a 50% cut or something like that. They go, oh, yeah, you're real. You're the truth. Come to find out. He didn't put a story on this other guy ruining somebody else's career. Not saying it happens that way, but do you think that that's far fetched? Is that you know going into the the uh, uh, shenanigans bag, or is that something that you think is actually going on? Or what do y'all think? I don't know if it's going on or not, but I, do I think it's, it's beyond? No, I don't think anything is beyond people when they're greedy enough, but. I think that it's, you know, I don't think it's beyond anybody, no. No, sorry. Uh-uh. But I think Especially that, in the way that, that we boost athletes. Yep. Yeah, I think, but I think there has to be some type of accountability or some type of check or something to say, okay, listen, let's make sure 
that we just, again, are not about to completely trash this guy's draft status. Man. Yeah. And now Q brings up a good point, too. Go ahead. Go ahead, Q. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I think it's sad that (laughs) we even have to question that part. You know what I'm saying? And and that goes back to the fact that our, our babies feel like this is all they have. And at the cost of anybody in my way, because this is how my family's going to make it. This is how I'm going to make it. This is my only shot. So we do it at the expense of everybody. And mm-hmm. it's it's very unfortunate that because that speaks to a whole other conversation that needs to be had about. And we've had it in, in so many different ways in um, in the scoop as far as how we what value we're placing on this game for our children and at yeah. what cost are we willing to allow them to fight for it? There's a, there's something for being um, passionate and committed to what you do, and then there's something about letting it own you. When you give up who you are and your morals and integrity and are willing to sell out somebody, you know, sell out your brother, I'm doing the air quotes because that's kind of the, the family atmosphere that we give each other in these in the sports world, if you're willing to do that all in the sake of competition and making it, you know, and nobody's getting paid. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, we got to do better. We we got to do better. And no, I don't think that's too far straight. That's too far-fetched. But even still, everybody involved, that's a part of that little situation because she's saying something. And if that is the case, if it did happen from a, a from an agent or a, a potential manager or whatever the case may be, you know, your scenario that you set up, um, then that just means more folks get added to the piece of paper. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... Is bad, and if it's being, if it's false, if you are falsely accusing somebody of something like this, of anything, but especially something like this that damages character to the extent that this type of allegation does, all heads should roll, straight up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, what I was gonna say is, is um, going into what you were about to kind of say, um, do you guys feel not that? Um, not well, kind of still dealing with him, but not as much. But do you guys kind of feel like athletes get uh, get a pass in life? Like the things where regular people are going to jail for, they kind of get to just oh lose their draft stock. Because you know, like if one of us does that, uh, I don't get to just move a couple desks down at work. You know what I mean? Like if a girl just so, I mean, if she just so much as accuses me of doing. Anything, yeah. I can guarantee you on the next day, I'm not going to be sitting at work, you know, just chilling at my desk talking about me, yeah, I'm finna. No, I don't, I don't have that leeway. So do you guys feel that their stature allows them to get away with things? And then now that there may be a, uh, 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 like an era of, we don't even much care that y'all get in trouble no more because y'all deserve to type feel. You know what I mean? Like, we're tired of just kind of letting it go by because they get away with a lot. I will say that. They get away with a lot. Yeah. When I, I talked first on the last one, I'm going to let you have this one, Keith. <laughs> yeah. That was a good question, Rashad. <laughs> yeah. They had just like this white privilege, just like this wealthy people have privilege, athletes have privilege. Yes. They get preferential treatment. Even in high school, I mean, we, we shoot, I experienced mm-hmm. it in high school that mm-hmm. if you're in high school and you play ball, there are certain things you can do that other people can't do. It's called privilege. Yes. Yes. 
being the being a jock has its privileges. Being in the in, yes, I got you get. I mean, it's something as simple as you get in the lead class early and walk the hall, which everybody else would get an attention for. But because they know you, you a star football player, they let you do it. Mm-hmm. I got that as a band geek. So you know what? I'm gonna just go to the band room and hang out. <laughs> yes, sir. Catch me on the drums. Yeah, there, I agree though. There is there is privilege um, associated with it, and it is handicapping to a certain extent. Um, I believe so as well. The, you know what I'm saying? Especially from like the high mm-hmm. school level, and it sets a it sets a cushion around um it, it sets a cushion around our athletes that really does not prepare them for real life. Um there are so many adults that are still walking around with the big man on campus idea of life and you know, you stop them in the Walmart and they relive the glory days every time, like that type of they they never really come out of that mix and when it's especially if they transfer, you know, if it goes into college and, you know, oh lo and behold, if you get even a shot, a tryout at a pro something, you'll never hear the end of the shot out for the pro I mean the tryout for the pro thing. So I mean that we put we put them in an unrealistic bubble and then there's no we expect we expect to still have um functioning adults that have understanding of what regular people have to deal with. So when so we laugh and we think, well, what did you think was going to happen when you do X, Y, Z thing? And then we have to realize that we haven't put them in a what do you think should happen situation. Nothing that should happen usually happens to athletes when they get to that level of, of popularity. So they don't have an understanding of what happens in reality. So when the law comes along the way and they go, what, 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 what do you mean you just against the law? No one's ever said that. You know what I mean? They get pushed, all that, the, 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 the domestic violence, the, the, the rape, the, the abuse, mm-hmm. even the not passing your grades. You know what I'm saying? You get, you get covered for you. The, the finals mysteriously get passing grades. You know, your papers magically get written and turned in on time, and you're halfway across the country on a Pro Bowl. Like, those things happen. And it makes it so that these people come out of the come out of this bubble, out of high school, out of college, out of wherever the NFL, wherever it is, and they get shocked into what real life is, and then it screws them. Like that that shock is almost like um, it's like a PTSD type situation. And like, wait, what? You live a life so long, and then you come back into a real world. You're it's that that's something that you have to slowly work yourself back into. They are not regular people. As much as we want to say that, and we we hope that they get to somewhat identify with us while still being on this pedestal, it doesn't happen that way. So you know we yeah. have to stop that. And as parents, we really have to stop that. We can't allow our kids to get in that mindset because it doesn't get any better when they start seeing dollar signs in college and NFL. Those people do not have our babies' interest at heart. We've got to do that for them. And, I mean, a little last bit, but since you said college and, uh, you know, the high school and stuff like that and that transitioning, you know, that's, that's like, head on. Especially, like, now I'm reading articles about uh, – because it's spring ball time. And we're gearing up for football again. And, you know, kids who come out of high school and magazines and, you know, writers rate them as five-star recruits and whatnot get to campus and they have this, you know – uh, this I, I 
I am the man type, you know, syndrome going on, and then some kid comes along who's a three-star or no-star at all who just has the will and the, and the desire to win, and he's starting. So now five-star you is transferring all around the world because you're so used to always hearing yes, yes, yes. Nobody ever told you no that you really may not even be that good. You've just been coddled. And, like, you know, it's easy to say somebody's good when they're one athlete in a whole school. You know what I mean? Like, when he's the one kid in a whole school, doesn't make him good in everybody else's school. But. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I think that, yeah. I, think, I think, you know, that, I think that, um, that, uh, uh, that should, it does always, but I think a lot of the, you know, things like AAU, um, and stuff like that, all-star, you know, the all-star leagues and stuff like that should, should in, in theory, help that because, you know, you're around those guys, um, who are, you know, a little bit better competition, but yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. It is a totally different level, um, Totally different level when you get to, to something like that, and if you don't, like you said, sometimes those guys. And same thing with the NFL. You know, it's, it's every year we see somebody who's top one, top two, top three pick that does nothing, but then you find out, you know, this guy who was in the sixth round or the fifth round or you know something like that right. turned out to be a star. So because he worked, you know, he got in the league and he worked. So it's just, I'm about to Isaiah Thomas, look at Lil Zeke. Wasn't he the last man drafted in the NBA at all of five foot seven? And look at what they talk about during the playoffs all the time now. Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas. Boy, is a hooper. Yeah. And how many people was the number one man in front of him that just was supposed to be all this and all that and never got drafted at all? Left school early, all the above. Yeah. And you're sitting somewhere at home now because somebody's been telling you your whole life, you the man, you're going to be the... Look, look, stop doing these kids <laughs> like that, people. Because mm-hmm. real life smacks you like a hammer. Yep. Yes, it does. Good stuff, man. What we got? Good stuff. And with that... Oh, Lord. You know what time it is. I can see y'all bouncing in your seats already. <laughs> it's time for Chris Brown by our friend and your friend, Detroit Killer B. Here we go, yeah. Chris, 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 Chris Brown. <laughs> So stay biting back, that's like a pit with no muzzle Disregard all that hate and that's why the MCs look puzzled He bulletproof in the club, outside leaking in puddle Patron now 100 proof, take a shout for the struggle Pour some liquor for doggy, pour a shout out for proof Illustrated and demonstrated, these lyrics is clarified You think he a he got some heart, he a testify Tell him you and your mans, how you moving them grams No Pastor Troy, we doing numbers, call that Billy Graham with fake hustle, they moving that spam. Got the ham and the chicken, got the in the kitchen, washing pots in the dishes. Don't see the mission until they stuck in submission. Power moves the position, autopilot on this. Intuition, they fishing. Jim Brown, not Chris. I'm in Virginia with this. Work, 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 dancing out the pot. Chris Brown, it's all up on my Chris Brown, Chris Brown, by the pocket, Chris Brown. 
that Chris Brown. It's a dirty situation, I keep it wrapped like Trojan. Stay strapped like CPL, nigga. I'm legal. Pop tops like Pringles, whipping up in the Regal. Ain't a bean pop, I spit the truth like Seagull. I don't f with them kitties with two, they ain't legal. Cashed out them hundreds for ones, I'm throwing singles. Strip club raining, Hurricane of Katrina. Wing maxed out, we stay platinum like Visa. Ball cheese like Cheetos, running faster than cheetahs. Come show with the cheese, I'm Danny DeVito. Guns on the hip, they calling me Max Payne. Eyes turn red, I blank out like Max Payne. Work, 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 dancing out the pot. Chris Brown, it's all up on my coat. Concentrations of African American businesses in the United States. 
um, it was, you know, known as the Black Wall Street, and it was booming until the Tulsa Rice Riot of 1921. And this is where white residents massacred hundreds of black residents and raised the neighborhood within hours. The riot was one of the most devastating massacres in the history of U.S. race relations, destroying the once thriving Greenwood community. Within five years after the massacre, surviving residents who chose to remain in Tulsa rebuilt much of the district. Um, they accomplished it, but um, when segregation uh, took over, that overturned some of the um, accomplishments that they had to get Black Wall Street back up and running. So that's the background on it. And what we want to talk about tonight is how we can um, basically build our group economics back up to where we can have a a Black Wall Street again or even several uh, Black Wall Streets in different communities around the world. Um, did anybody want to comment on that before we get into just on the background or any questions or you know, any anything extra you want to add to that? Well, I dive in the pool. I love this subject right here. Um, Shouts out to Tulsa. Um, I had no idea before I got here how magical Tulsa was. Um, If anybody would have asked me the question where Black Wall Street was, I would have told you in a heartbeat and ready to argue. Harlem. 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 (laughs) So shout out to Tulsa. Um, I'm told, or I think I read this somewhere, that they're going to start putting that in books. Is that in Oklahoma? But they're going to start teaching that in history classes, or it was being yeah, yeah. talked about? Yes. It was being yes. talked about, it's, or it's going to happen? It's supposed to be added added to Oklahoma history, from what I heard, but I haven't seen any um, notifications or any articles about a new book being reprinted or how they're going to actually, you know, put it into the curriculum. All levels are collegiate. My understanding, I think it was middle school. I think that's when the okay the state history starts in the sixth grade. So um, it would be middle school. Okay. I was going to say, I think that that's awesome because I think that, that is a story that's, you know, untold and definitely needs to be heard and told a lot more. Um, I think I think once we start to dig into that story, and we um, we 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 see how much we had going on for ourselves without dependency on anybody but ourselves, and how much we loved ourselves. Man, like our music will mean so much more. Like how we talk to each other will mean so much more. How we care for one another will mean so much more. Um, all the above, like everything will be just that much better. I think there's so much education and learning, you know, about Tulsa that us as a culture could grow from it, like majorly, majorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we because only knew. Cause, I mean, like, it's so much I want to say about it that, you know, in talking and reading and looking and learning from it, like, it's so much I want to say is just I don't know which ways the good rev is going with all this, so I don't want to jump into the topic and wane in the topic. You know what I mean? Tame my excitement, but hey, man. Look, I'm ready. 
eyes ready. Well, anybody else got any comments on the background of it before we kind of get into the the actual solutions and uh, strategies to to try to build Black Wall Street back up? Well, background is the solution. I was gonna say the only other thing I would add to that is to make sure that we also realize that you know that the first two things number one that Kelly Kelly was real nice in her description of what happened on, with the race riot that this was not just a race <laughs> riot they were actually uh-huh. they actually dropped Bomb. bombs fire they were actually bombs pl- airplanes that dropped bombs on um, on the Greenwood neighborhood. And and I think some people when you first at least first when they first think about it, they think that this was like a street. Like when they say Black Wall Street, I think people think that it's actually a street. That no, this was an actual neighborhood, neighborhood. community. Um, with it was a uh, sixteen uh, sixteen block radius that had uh, some Hotel. was it six hundred six hundred businesses, twenty one churches, hotels, airports. Two, uh, two movie theaters, six private airplanes, one hospital, a bank, and its own school system. So, I mean, you're talking about mm-hmm. um, an, an entire economy that was in a 16-block area that was ran by all African-American people. Another thing I, I want to remind everybody is that Tulsa was not the only one that had a, uh, a Black Wall Street. Um, there was also one in the 1900s in Durham, North Carolina, and there's also one in Rosewood, Florida. So, um, so this was not something that I bring those up because I think sometimes we think that this was a, a one-time event and an anomaly that can't be duplicated, but it has been duplicated uh, multiple times. And so, I think we got in, in each of those instances, they all ended the same way. Um, so, three strikes. That's yeah, the part. that's the only background part that I, I want to add to it. So. And I, and I I think that I'm glad that you brought that up in because I did give the um more of a textbook overview of what happened. You were nice. You were and, nice. Yeah, I was <laughs> nice about it. And you know, just sitting here when you when you read out the list of um businesses and you know, schools, hospitals, churches, just the types of thing just what ha like it just made me think about and visualize like this was a it just it might as well have been its own little city, and for yeah. for someone to attack it in that kind of manner, like that, that was civil war fighting. That was more than right. They weren't mm. looting, you know. what I mean, mm-hmm. they was trying to, you know, it it, it started it was it part of genocide, you know, it, basically, yep. and that's and that's what that's the word. they did. And and yeah. I don't know if you know my. Um, I remember being little and we would research our um our ancestry. This was before Ancestry dot com and all that. And we would go we would drive to Tulsa and go to the library for microfish. And as a little girl it didn't it didn't make any sense. But now that I think back on it, I remember how the documents on the microfish would be burnt up. We couldn't yeah. we couldn't see both names. Uh people huh. were just taking on a relative's name that died in the fire. So a lot of not only did it, it stop the um the the overflow and the the businesses that was there, but it stopped the the line. Like anything that could have been recovered, some of that got lost too because the hospital, you know, records were burned. So people took on other people's names. Like I think 
one of my dad's aunts posed as his, you know, grandmother to get, you know, benefits. I mean, it just was a lot of a lot of stuff that happened with that that we just don't even know how how serious and how detrimental it was. So, <laughs> I so hope let me let me let me let me, let me let me throw this. So so if you do some some of the other research that I did that I found very interesting because I always wanted to know why was what was the big deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got a neighborhood in Tulsa. Let's just say you got neighborhood in Tulsa, neighborhood in Florida, neighborhood in North Carolina that's doing this. What's the big deal? Well, if you if you look at it, really what what the big issue was um, was not so much just that they had a neighborhood, but that they had a neighbor a neighborhood that was it was dependent, but it was the fact that they had completely cut off um, most of the farmers. Um, in the South, they had completely cut off and not and not been dependent on them for anything. So what I mean by that, so let's say for example, right now, if you want to go and and build a um, a garden and you want to start a farm, right now you're gonna have you'll probably go to your local gardening center and buy some seed, buy some manure, buy some mulch, whatever you need, and and start your garden. Right. Well, in this instance, what they did was. Um, they had made their own trade agreements with with wholesalers and can or manufacturers in Canada and other parts of the world that were shipping them in the materials that they were needing. So in the north, where you know at the time uh, the cotton, you know we had just come out of the Civil War and all that kind of the cotton gin and all of that kind of stuff, you know they were making money hand over fist there. Well, they were saying, forget that. We're not going to buy cotton from you. We're going to buy it from Canada. And, okay, we're not going to buy our, you know, corn from, you know, I'm just fictitiously throwing this out, in Iowa. We're going to get it from, you know, from France. And so they had literally usurped the entire economic system, and that's what really pissed everybody off. It was like, oh, so not only are you going to build this, but you're going to build this without us. And, so, and you're going to completely yeah. cut us out of all of the money. That's what pissed them off. Not just that they had a 16 block radius where they were doing their thing, but that they had completely, mm-hmm. completely cut them off of all access to the money. There was no more so need. Not being spent with them at all. And they got to have it, so they said, "If you yeah. if you don't go with me, you ain't going with nobody." Right. They said. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Possessive. It was still a very possessive thought process, even then. It was, we'll allow you to exist, but we still run you. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. yeah. And that hasn't changed. That has not gone away. They've just gotten much more slick about how they uh, hide the chain. That's all that is. Yeah, and isn't that, doesn't that, I mean, it's just so ridiculous even when you say it. But there's people out there who really still think that, like, you know, I'm like, okay, even if, if, if every other culture wants to do their thing, why is it so hard and such a, um, I mean, like a form of disrespect to them for us to to come up, like to come up or to be a better uh, group of people? Like it really seems like it messes them. It angers them. Like we like we shouldn't have have our own, our, our be on an equal, you know, I believe it's the power that we hold. They don't want us equal because I don't believe 
there is an, there's not an under, there's no place for us on equal footing as far as they're concerned because of the power we hold. The Asians can come over, the Mexicans can come over, all of these other other cultures can come over and thrive because they don't pose a threat to the overall thread of how this country works. There are enough of us, we are smart enough, we are physically strong enough, we are passionate enough. As a people, we have all of the ingredients required to run it and not need them. That is the fear that drives that anger that keeps it so no matter what we do, we still feel that there is no way up. That is, they even began to bring in, or not even began, it's been going on for quite a while. That's how these other cultures feel so comfortable here making these pods because it's been, it's been accepted. Yes, you do you, you do you, you do you. Just don't allow them to get bigger. We'll give you all the resources you need because you're going to operate within this space. Keep your money here. You're not going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Like our big, our big minds, the way that we grow, the way that we think, our, our innovativeness is what, in a way, has trapped us because we were already thriving. We already had kingdoms. Yeah. We had nations built. So that, that in itself was intimidating. That's why it had to be broken so quickly. So, no, that, that, it, it's never going to be – it's not going to be easy <laughs> because, because of how strong we are. But they've gotten us yeah. to the point it's taken all this time for us to have it in our DNA now where we are apprehensive of even stepping up and saying, I got this. I could do this. You know what I'm saying? So that's, right. it's, it's worked. And now it's, we're trying to break that. And that's why I think right now it's so resistance and it's so tense. We're here in the time where it's so tense and tight. And because it's, it's churning, like that bubble is starting because we see it now. You know what I'm saying? It's starting to come back around like, wait a damn minute. Now, wait yeah. a minute, you know. And, and it's, it's undeniable now. And the way that our world is set up, it's not like it was when they were able to just come in and drop bombs and, and smash stuff. Like, it's not that we're not, well, in a way we are, but we're, you know, it's, we have more access to one another, to information, to resources, those types of things to allow it to not happen the way that it did before. We just have to get out of our own way in, in, at this point. So we right. see and, and you And you brought us right into, you, you segued us right on into what we can do <laughs> right now to help change this. So I'm going to go through a few um, tips and, um, you know, maybe any any of you out there in the audience are um, my co-hosts. Uh, if you if something jumps out at you, then you'll get you know a few seconds to speak on some of these tips. So um, the tips are produce a product, and this is this is what we need to do as a group, as you know, as a group of of black people. Produce a product, produce a service. Outsource cash to a member of the community. Open an online store. Open a physical store. Host community events. Use black business directories. Create community gardens. Start making and selling your. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you lost. I'm trying to type all this. You lost me at number three. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me go back. Produce a product. Produce uh-huh. a service. Okay. Outsource cash to members of the community. Outsource who? Cash. Cash. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, open an online store. Uh-huh. Open a physical store. 
Uh-huh. Host community events. Uh-huh. Use black business directories. Uh-huh. Create community gardens. Uh-huh. Start making and selling your own clothes and accessories. Uh-huh. Um, start or join a black investment group. All right, keep going. I'll I'll catch the rest. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Find and join a black bank crowdfund, which I think we talked a little bit about that last week. Um, if you don't have money, barter. Change your buying habits, and I, I'm kind of skipping around. So there's some. We'll, we'll post these later for the audience. Yep. The one that really stood out to me: fight for reparations. I'm gonna say that one again: yeah. fight for reparations. Create trust funds for your children or an endowment for an organization. I got Hire you. blacks. Study economics. Refer. I'm going to say that again. Refer a black business to someone else. Mm-hmm. Share a ride slash ghetto taxi. <laughs> I just had to say uh-huh. that. To keep to <laughs> um, <laughs> buy black. This is a good one because we know there's some, some drama going on in the in the industry for uh, black hair care right mm-hmm. now. Buy black, but sell to anyone. <laughs> Buy black. Yep. Say it again. Yeah. But but say it again for the people. To anyone. Yes. Buy black, but sell to anyone. <laughs> Select all Buy of the black, coins. All of the coins. To anyone. Usually, if you yeah. say it four times, this is a trick for y'all. You say it four <laughs> times, you'll remember it. Buy black, yes. sell to anyone. Hustle and persistence. So, those tips, and, and what's so funny is, I know uh, even in Oklahoma City, as much as people, you know, say, oh, we, you know, we're behind and stuff like that, I can I can sit here and look at this. I know that we started or have learned about maybe half of this information, these tips we have tried to do right here in Oklahoma City. I've been a part of with groups, uh, a couple of, a couple of the, um, the organizations were in Texas. So, yeah, we right here on the brink. <laughs> All it takes is just for us to go on and step across the line. But I'm going to let y'all, with this, you know you know y'all, if anybody wants to call you know, in. You know what Oklahoma's issue is. Y'all, it's the same issue we always have with stuff like yeah. this. It goes back to what Q said. That is that we need to learn how to get out of our own way. We get mad, yeah. and, and I'm not saying we. I'm not saying that we should blindly do stuff just because, you know, just because mm-hmm. or do something, you know what I mean? But, you know, I remember the one, you know, the one, the one, you know, it's like we get ready to do stuff like that, and inevitably somebody want to come and start doing something crooked, and it messes it up, or somebody want to come along, and, you know, like we don't vet the process. We don't vet our leaders sometimes enough, but then here you come, and, you know, <coughs> and you steal the money, or um, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> You know, so we keep having stuff like incidents like that. So now it's just like, yeah. forget it. I'm, I'm, I'm not in it. I don't want to do it no more. And I think people, we get burnt. Mm-hmm. 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 
because it's already there's a market. It's 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 frustrating um, because we we as a people want so much, but we require more than what we're willing to give, and we don't respect the process that our small businesses are going through. And when we yeah. get to be big, we still come at them as though they're they're operating on a small mm-hmm. scale. We have to respect mm-hmm. the growth. Like what what is the what is the point? of working so hard and being so proud of our brand if as soon as our brand tries to be on a on a scale that gets to the point where they can actually make differences, make change, mm-hmm. have a voice mm-hmm. that's big enough to move a crowd, like we yeah. are shooting ourselves in the foot, like because we don't like an ad or we don't like how you say something or who you put, like it's not your business, start something. You know what I'm saying? But I can guarantee you, once you get to the level that these people that we're so quick to tear down and full boycott, as soon as we get to that level, your mind shifts. Your mind is going to shift into a space that's going to allow you to think bigger. So I I don't, I, I think we really have to come out of that. That is our small box thinking is what allows us to still be controlled by the big box. So we have to, you know, yeah. we got to check ourselves. There's a self-check that has got to happen. I and mean, we can't keep putting it on everybody else as why we're not going nowhere. Not in 2017. We can no longer put it on everybody else why we are not moving further than where we are. Stop it. <laughs> and even with that, and with that small box, you know, we still got a few crabs in the barrel mentalities out there. Mm-hmm. I know we don't mm-hmm. use that term a lot anymore, but. We do. Yep. Just be, be careful. Be careful what you're doing. Because. Them words is pulling somebody down. Mm-hmm. When they could be, when you could just let them stand on your shoulders. If you're not gonna get out there and do the work, at least take some strain off the ones that's working for a little bit. Rashad, did you have? Was it anything stand out to you that you'd like to say before we wrap up? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like man, uh, Q was 100% right. You know, like one, we gotta bury the excuses. We do have. Uh, you know, for real, pitch in, help with each other. And, like, it's a family-knit thing. It it takes all of us being involved. Uh, Yes, we do uh, have to get better at our customers. Businesses accept that. We have to patron the businesses. They can't get better at customer service, and then ain't nobody coming because you're still hanging on to what happened five years ago. You let McDonald's (laughs) come back with some new burger meat. And you ain't going to be in that. But you ain't going to deal with <laughs> the brother. No the the brother did this <laughs> one way, time, so that's it for him. And all the other way he said burger meat, too. I'm going to write them all off. Like, what? Like, yeah, we eat poison every day on purpose. But you won't yep, give a brother a one time. And brag about it. Not one Post time. Posting a line. Like, come on, yeah. man. We are mm-hmm. our own worst enemy. We really are, and we got to stop doing that to each other. Even if you don't like it, go buy one. Help off. If you don't and, like it, and, then go help in the store. Or, or boost yourself up 20 minutes. And like communicate. You know what I mean? But, yeah, we got to communicate. Like, we can't stop. We When something is wrong, tell the tell them. Don't go be so quick to blast. We are in a blast era right now. There's so much of that oh happening. Yes. But we, we, you remember when we grew up and said what happens in the house stays in the house? In a way, 
your business owners, your people have emails, inboxes, phone numbers for a reason. We want to be better. There's no no business owner I know that's worth their salt, really wants to put a product in their name on a product and have it be lackluster. So it, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy for me to see when we sit up here and, blow, and, and blast a business owner who's trying, who's putting their extra money, they're taking time away from their families, taking their time away from their lives, and pouring themselves into something and producing it for the people, and then the people don't come to them. They find out through the grapevine that something's not right. That is more damaging as far, not even from a PR perspective, but what is that doing to the passion? What is that doing to the dream of a person where we can't give them the respect to go and ask them to fix it. More more often than not, they're going to go above and beyond to fix it simply because you gave them the courtesy of letting them know, coming to them and love saying, hey, sis, you know, I appreciate you for providing blah, 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 but, you know, I could have provi- it could have been a little this, that, or the other. Next time, how about we try this? That is helping. That's supporting, not just because you gave some coins. You give your coins to everybody, and the coins are appreciated, but that constructive, I care for you, I appreciate, I see you. I see you and I want to help you is what really keeps that going so they can keep that energy going. And some days, y'all, we don't want to keep moving. Like, there's some days you, I want to shut Elegance by Design down. Period. Dot, period. Yeah. I love my business. Girl, I know, Perky Kitten, y'all good. feel the same way. Like, I know that. And I can speak yep. on behalf of other businesses. On those days, I want to shut it down, yep. close the pages, yep. wipe it out, give away my product, yep. and be done. <laughs> You know, but there, but, yeah. but because it's the passion, it's what fuels you, you get up and keep moving. So I just really want us to think about that in everything that we do. If it's a tech business, if it's a hair care line, T-shirts, everybody loves T-shirts. Yes, it's a lot of T-shirts. Yes, it's a lot of hair care, but we're trying. These people are trying, and that's more than just sitting back watching. So, like, do come on, y'all. Like, y'all know this is one of my soapbox. Babies in business, those are my soapboxes. Yeah. <laughs> Our generation, 
Um, the reason why I say that is because of that divide, um, they just need to learn how and why it's so important. And I think it's really key. Like, I like that they're putting it in the um, textbooks about Black Wall Street. People just don't know. There's adults that don't know anything about it. And I think educating the youth will help it to be a norm. And I think that's why that divide happens. It's not a norm for a lot of people. A lot of people don't think that it's important to spot black. They don't think that it's going to make a difference. There's people that say that. And I think that's something that we need to address um, and figure out how to close that. I, I agree. We definitely, yeah, I think we agree with that. I think a lot of, you know, I was, I was reading something, and they said, it said that, no, I'm reading a, a comments on a post, um, and I, the, the conclusion that I got is I think that there are many people who are, who have gotten so comfortable in what, in, you know, our present reality, like their present reality, because they're making, you know, making good money on their last job, et cetera, et cetera. That I don't think that some people still have that same type of tenacity to desire that. I mean, and, and that's not new because you know, that we've always had a struggle between you know a group of people who wanted inclusion versus uh, or segregation versus some who wanted excuse me uh, uh, inclusion. So I think I think that's not new, but I, I agree. I think people just don't get it. I, I don't think they get. It. I don't think they want to get it. until it's, until something happens. No, but thanks for calling me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think she's right. I don't think I don't think we mm-hmm. get it. I don't yeah. get it. We look after this Shea Moisture thing. I know we don't get it. No. <laughs> you said you're not supposed Culture to say the boogie. Vulture. You weren't supposed to say boogie man three times. Don't nobody say it three times. I'm just saying. <laughs> We don't get it. I can tell. We don't. don't. Yeah. Because we see see one thing. We see one thing and take it and run with it and make it the whole. We forget everything that's happened before. We have real short-term memory when it comes to a lot of things. You know, this this company has been around for a decade or more, and it's only been for us. So you get our whole life, our whole business life, and now because we want to grow, now it's, it's burning us at the stake because we uh, we added somebody else to the mix. And that just seems so crazy to me because so much of our fight has been wanting to be included. Let us be there. And because now we choose to take the first, because us as a company, because it's kind of how I see it, because they have the power being the owner of their company because they still have primary ownership. I know the L'Oreal or whatever the name of the other company is in the mix. I'm fully aware of that. However, from what I've seen, they still own, they primarily own their company. But they have now positioned themselves to be able to take the lead and include and then still provide a product for their customers. Now, like I said on Larissa's post um, earlier today, their, their problem with this that they're having, and I think that it's kind of one of those things that we have to learn as we go, and we have to allow that grace in that. Um, and it's just that because they are so big now, it's happening on such a grand scale, so we're acting like it's just the, the fail of the century or something. <laughs> but... Um, we have to allow them that space to make it so that they can make those changes. We have to allow them to say, you know what, this is our time. We can fix it. We can we can provide this service, and even if we don't necessarily position it the right way to first go around, or even if we, we make some mistakes along the way, we are in a position to now open this thing up. 
but instead we see it as now you're removing us. There's no removal. There's no exclusion happening in this situation for me. In one ad, maybe, you didn't see the right women in one ad, and there's a series of ads within this campaign. I need people to go to the page and actually see more than this one ad. They've been running ads for a few months now. We've been knowing about this rebrand happening with them for months now. This isn't new. It didn't just pop up over the weekend. So I think we really have, and it's, it's, it's interesting because people who really know Shane Moisture know that. They know that. The people who really follow them and are loyal to the brand know that this has been coming. That's why you still have those people that are still not mad. <laughs> They're not mad and will still continue yeah. to buy their products. So it's just, uh, this is interesting. We got we to gotta really look back and look at the big picture and see what's really trying to happen. Positioning is important. They're positioning themselves to be bigger. We have to start making those types of moves. What are we positioning ourselves for? We're trying to be hood rich. Are we trying to be like real life rich? Are we trying to be popular amongst our peers? Are we trying to be able to make like real movies? Because that's what it seems like we're doing. Right. And and now it's time for all for no. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, I'm just, we do, yeah, I think we do need to. I think you know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just, I think oh, there's gonna, other part I'm of that. I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead. Go. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't. laughs> Tell me, go ahead, and you go talk. Right, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> what I was going to say was, we could go to our song and then come back to this topic. But, you know, if you got something to say, go ahead. No, no, we'll come back. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> we are going to listen uh, to Black Lives Matter by... Rasheem Big Bean Coleman, and he's gonna get us hyped for the the next part of this segment. Rest in peace, Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, Eric Corner, Trayvon Martin. I deserve to live like you. Yeah. I deserve to breathe like you. Yeah. I'm standing in this booth, aiming at the cerebellum, my young black youth. For what you tell them, right. cause they will believe and they will achieve and they will accomplish well beyond whether they are CEOs or running base like Mary Bond's intelligent, but they rather see us catching bullets, black skin, threaten them so they go to the hip and pull it, business suit or a hoodie, they feel too much melanin, the boys graduated, but they paint them as some felons, and I ain't trying to hear that, they judge us where we live in that, they crucify the Chicago Shirak, Blacks killing all blacks. 
my people looting. What up? Courtesy of me and less than <clears throat> courtesy of me and have less than four thousand in debt. 
Um, she goes on to speak about the um, the way that her and her, her babies are living, how they are starting businesses and working together. I'm actually pulling up the, the rest of the post so that I can finish telling you um, the details and how they have thrived. But basically, her um, <clears throat> what she's saying is that they are living all under the same roof and they are thriving. They are not in a position where they are um, indebted to anybody. They are living and thriving and happy um, and, and not really indebted to this world and the things, the, the strife that we have because they are there as a family and taking care of one another. So I think that this is amazing. And I think this because it says a lot to how um, our times have changed and how it's forced us to think outside the box. Full transparency, this particular type of conversation was posed a little bit differently uh, probably a year or so ago. And I remember I flat out said, no, I'm not living in the house with my mom and dad. I'm grown. I got my own family. I'm not trying to do all of this. I need my own thing, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. That was selfish because I'm, uh, I realized after the fact, and I say it was selfish, not to discount needing your own personal space and having your independence and things of that nature. But I was not willing to look at the benefits that would come from that, or I was quick to dismiss the benefits that would take place with having not only the finances to be able to be more fine-tuned and directed, but the familial <clears throat> benefits to that, the generational benefits to that of having the grandparents, the parents, the children, you know, and potentially other family members involved in the rearing of children, the direction of a family, the, the, the creation of generational wealth, even if it starts small. You have the ability to affect change within your families. It starts within our families. If we are all in a house that is label-prone, where we all have to be polo down or whatever the fashion is now, we have to have name brand this, we have to get a new car every three years, we're constantly doing things that everybody else is doing because it's a trend and this, that, and the other thing, your children are picking that up. That is the mindset and the expectation of life for them. They're working to show, whereas working to grow. There's no... Um, understanding of savings, there's no understanding of togetherness, connection, family working towards a common goal. But if we start to shift how we process what family is, how we process what growth is, I think that these types of situations wouldn't be so taboo. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think about <clears throat> this type of situation? Because when I think you pose it as would you date someone set up in this situation, but I really want to ask, would we, could we put ourselves in this situation, whether you're in a family where there's a husband and wife, that situation, or would you, if you were a single parent or just a single person, would you entertain the thought of coming back together, starting, you know, buying a big house, getting you some land, and starting to build together within just your family as opposed to wanting to do it solely on your own? What are your thoughts about that? Um, Rashad, I'm going to start with you first. You've been quiet for a minute. What you got to say? I, I would absolutely do that. I had uh, <laughs> actually kind of thought about that type of thing when I was living in Atlanta. Uh, weird enough, uh, my father actually has a piece of land that's just country, and it has, like, three different houses on it, and I thought about it all the time. Like, man, that would be dope to have, like, one big piece of land, three, four different houses, and, like, a basketball court or something like that that our families meet in the middle and hang out together. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That type of thing where, like, we meet and, you know, 
come together on business plans and stuff like that to where we finna make money as families and lay the groundwork for our families because my two favorite words are generational and wealth. My kids' kids should not have to look for jobs at all. My kids shouldn't have to look for a job. So, I mean, it's just, no, no, man. Yeah, I'm absolutely with that. I think that's great, but that's just not the way we're built, and that's because uh, we're Jonesy. And a lot of stuff that goes back, I mean, a lot of a lot of, a lot lot of of the mind frame that we have, with, and it's, you know, conspiracy theory or whatever, it, is that letter, that uh what is the Lynch the Lynch letter? About Willie Lynch. That that yeah, that thing is real. Like if you really read it line for line for line for line, it's exactly what we do. Like you pit the man against the woman, you pit the thick against the skinny, you pit the tall against the short, you pit the dark against the light, you pick the just tear every little piece of heart. The haves against the have not. And you make them go hard against each other because there are sensories in all of us that, like, light up when they see certain things. Like, you know, um, like we learned in business class that, you know, certain things in movies are put there so that you send yourself to the concession stand. Or, like, when you go to the bar, you ever notice that people think that the peanuts are there so uh, so that it sucks up the alcohol. Well, that's the great double entendre. It also dries out your mouth. So you get there and you knocking down all these peanuts, you don't have a choice but to ask for a beverage. You see what I'm saying? So it's not like, you know, it's always business going on, and people got to realize that it's always business going on. Always. Yep. So yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, I think that. I think Family land share. To, to answer your question, I think not only, I think, here it is. I think we should do one or two things. Every family probably has enough the the right the right components in it to have some type of business. So you figure out what the strengths and weaknesses of of the people around who are around you, and you and you go from there. And I use the example of um, a couple of years ago when there was some work done to my dad's house, and literally. He had a all a one family, pretty much one family, a cousin, you know, one guy brought his cousin to do one thing and he brought his cousin to do something else and another brother did this and another one did that. And they mm-hmm. all got paid because they all figured out what to do. So whatever it is you're gonna do, just do it. Uh and it doesn't necessarily I, I'm you don't necessarily have to move back in together, but if it's gonna help create wealth and get rid of debt go for it. I mean, depending on where you live, if you live in a city like Chicago, I mean, y'all could go in on a three-flat together. You know, go in on a three-flat together, rent, you know, live on one floor or live on two floors and rent the third. You know what I mean? It's it's something you can do to make the situation work. Buy, uh, you know, multifamily built unit building or put your money together by a multifamily unit building and rent it out. Something to just begin to create wealth together um, because Right now, we because because right now the average African American family has an, an, a a negative our our net worth is negative negative seven thousand dollars is the net, is the average for an African American family in this country negative seven thousand mm-hmm. so we got to do stuff to start creating wealth 
and it does begin at home by like this, like she's talking about. She talks about improving her credit, which gives you more buying power. She talks about saving money, which which gives you more leverage and buying power, and gives you more freedom. She owns her own business, which gives you more leverage, more buying power, more access, and she's got assets because the the house is. Um, almost paid off because she said she only got four thousand dollars in debt, so she got a house. And by the way, in, if you read the whole thing, the house it's like a seven thousand square foot house, so they're not like on top of each other. And number five, mm-hmm. her kids are there, so not only are they learning and watching what's going on, but they got assets because they got a house, they got savings, they got good credit, and one of them I think she said has a, his own line of credit. Yeah, twenty thousand so, dollars. He has, he's yeah, 22. So, Her oldest son is 22 with a 730 credit score and a $20,000 oh. line of credit. Sorry, I just found the post. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so, so something is going, something, I mean, like those are the kinds of things we got to think about. Uh, we got to get back to because to Rashad's point, the Joneses are broke. The Joneses have been charging everything on the credit card. And I think we got to re- realize that. The people who we're trying to keep up with are not the Jones, they don't have any money. They have been faking and fronting for all these years and been living off credit cards. So we're trying to keep up with something, with something that doesn't even exist. Kelly, what you think? I mean, I, I agree like with everybody else that it's definitely needed. And if it, personally, if as close as my family is, if we were all, if we, if someone could get you know, enough land and space together for all of us, I say let's go for it. You know, and I I, I don't mind being that person that got to go out there and grind for that. We probably need about 30,000 square feet. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all deep. <laughs> like, we just know how to just buy out, like, all behind Langston or something and just move everybody down there. But um, now what I was going to mention is I remember um, growing up in our small town, we had this uh, this educational program. It was a migrant program that was really good. So um, any anybody that want, that did English as a second, second language in that area, like in the um, Texas, small Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma towns, um, and I think a couple of Colorado towns, they would, they would migrate to the little town of Liberal because of this English as a second language program that we had. And I remember mm-hmm. having friends growing up that when they didn't have no furniture in their house, they had beds. Yep. Yep. So, with the oldest member of the family, the oldest member, if he had a, if it's a male and he had a wife, everybody would pay off that family's car and any kind of, if they had any kind of debt or any any kind of anything medical bills, anything that they need to pay off to get that the oldest member and his family out of that house. They moved out. The next person moved into the bedroom. Everybody else slept on the bed. I mean, they had bed mattresses on the in the living room in the kitchen. They had no furniture. Yep. And then the next the next people that migrated in, the youngest one, they would migrate in and they would help the oldest one out. And I just I always I was like, man, that's just crazy. But that's other cultures have been doing it forever. Yeah. Um, even on the little TV shows on the arranged marriages and stuff. That's why the, that's why those kids they 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 make it a um, you know they they want to make it entertaining for the show. But that's why 
uh, those uh, young adults are still living with their parents. No, that's, uh, you know, they're practicing group economics. That's what they're doing. They're trying to make it be something else with marriage. But, yeah, you saving up money, so when you get married, you'll have money. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know where we got this, you know, want to be grown and live on our own and be broke mentality. But <laughs> Right. If anybody has the opportunity to do it, like if you, even if it's just you falling on hard times, I mean, we don't want everybody to just say, okay, I'm unemployed now, I need to go live. And that's because that's not going to change your family situation. It needs to be good, sound, working bodies for everybody to yeah. hold their money together. Let's, let's make sure we put that out there, too. Yeah, but yeah I yeah. agree with it. I think, <clears throat> you know, I, I think it's it's a good thing. If you, if you can do it, shoot, go for it. I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this again. People hate when I say this. I'm gonna say it. And I'm gonna keep saying it till I'm blue in the face. At some point, we have to do a better job of directing. I know everybody's like, "No, that's wrong." Directing our children into areas and fields that are better for them. I'm sorry, everybody can't be a social worker. Making, and I'm not disrespecting social workers when I say this. But everybody, I say that because everybody can't be a social worker. Everybody can't make teach be a teacher. These are all, you know, great careers, but they don't pay. So we got to start saying, okay, if you like math, instead of you being, uh, you know, maybe you should look into engineering. Maybe you should, you know, what I mean, we got to get into the areas and into the fields. And if you're gonna be a teacher, be a college professor. You know, you be a principal. Be something that's you know going to help you make the level of money that's going to be able to help generate generate you wealth. Not you come out of college with forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars worth of student loans, and you making thirty five, forty thousand dollars thirty five thousand dollars a year. That's just not you're setting yourself up for you know a hard existence by doing that. When in order to move this thing forward, we got to start thinking. More, how can we? Or if you're gonna be a teacher, then fine. What else can I do to supplement my income in order to bring in more money? Because I want to live a hundred thousand dollar a year lifestyle, and I know teachers only make thirty five thousand. So what can I do to get me closer to that level of lifestyle that I need? We gotta start doing that. We gotta. We can't. We can't miss this tech. This tech bubble, or te- you know, this tech. Mm-hmm. We can't miss that. We can't be left out of that. We can't, you know, we can't, we're left out of even the, the food industry at this point. I mean, there are really very yeah. few black-owned grocery stores. Like, we don't have any of that right now. So, yeah, but there's few black-owned chicken places. How how we gonna, how we gonna let somebody come in and take chicken? Let <laughs> come in and take weed. The yeah. Indians that took over chicken, they in, it's in all the convenience stores. It should be a, a mm. chicken place on every corner. Yeah. It don't cost them much yeah. to open up a chicken place. Chicken place? Because we buy it out the gas station. <laughs> chicken, it's a chicken place. It's a, a, a liquor store. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. But all that stuff is easily processed, too. Like, uh, people have come to a spot where they like chicken wings so much that everybody doesn't have a a, a, a bougie button on what they won't do for chicken wings. Like me, I'm not eating no no wet chicken wing. Like if it ain't got no crunch to it like that, like even with sauce on it, I don't want your little gummy wing. Like if it's supposed to be fried and it tastes gummy and mu- I don't I don't I'm not eating that. I don't eat gummy wings. 
So well, see, I mean, that's the problem. You just when you go back to the people. That's when you say homie. Yeah, you know, I'm like the, punch on the that, that wing. Stuff <laughs> is just quick to throw in a box. You got six wings on the go. Like man, no, I don't want that. That's why you can mm-hmm. go to your own chicken spot. When can't nobody cook wings to your 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 liking. <laughs> It's time for you to open up a <laughs> wing spot. Wings fry hard. But, you know, that this kind of all doubles back into even what we were talking about earlier with sports. Like, there are STEM programs coming up. There are all kinds of new programs that are might not, and, again, they're not always in our schools. Um, our schools are, I know here in Oklahoma we've had conversations about this, are struggling. It's, we're struggling to keep the programs that are required. So I recognize the fact that these these programs may not be as easily um, accessible. They're not going to be all over your timeline. But if you recognize that your baby is strong in math, if your baby is good with, with, with writing and, you know, these types of things, like we as parents have to start getting out of our boxes and the norms and get our babies access to these programs. If our baby, you know, teach them how to garden and how to fish and how to build things again. Like we, and, and again, I know that things are so computerized, but there is so much talent in our hands and just allowing kids to, to use their natural talents as opposed to having them live vicariously through us, like, or vice versa. We live vicariously through them. We have to give them a chance to live outside of, you know, get outside of what we think and, and provide them access to those things. Don't be so quick to dismiss those talents that they have as, oh, that's just her thing. No, let that be her thing, like her thing that makes her special or him special and gets them out of the norm so they can really do stuff. We, that's, our, our babies in our businesses, that's where the, yeah. the growth is going to be. <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean to be wrong, we're done. But I'm glad you I am, I'm because I had wrote it down because I didn't want to forget. And I'm so glad because I, I had moved away and I, I I had looked away from the paper and I did forget. But there are programs in every city, um, and you might have to go in and put in a uh, search for coding, but any um, little girls that are excelling, even if they're not excelling, take them to these robotics competitions, take them to these STEM-powered uh, Events they are looking for diversity in STEM fields for um, engineering, mathematics. Um, I went to a, a, a seminar one time, and a, a, a young girl who she learned how to code from doing the, the stuff on on MySpace. Yep, she took that. Yep. went and got her associate's mm-hmm. associate's degree from O Triple C, making six figures at OU right now today. This was last year. I went to a conference. Um, Girl Scouts of America is jumping on on the bandwagon for that to try to recruit um, just just young girls is is Girl Scouts um, theme. They just want to recruit young girls into the STEM field, but there's a couple of groups that want to recruit uh, get a diverse diverse young lady. So yeah, moms in the audience, y'all, if y'all have girls that have any kind of interest. They can take if they like to play with dolls. They have a way in a robotics competition to make dolls and to you know to help them understand how to engineer. They teach them public speaking skills. These are little girls. These little girls seven, eight, nine. So yep. you know that's that's like uh, Winfrey was saying. That's another way to get 
get them into a field that's going to pay them some money right out the gate, an associate's degree making six figures. So in Oklahoma, and love it. So this, yeah. just imagine what a, what happens in other cities, bigger cities. So yeah. Boy, y'all sound parents. fired up like y'all just came back from Atlanta or something like that. Like y'all just came back from black folks doing work or something. Did y'all just get Look, I ain't never been to Africa before, but like I promise you, people say that people say that this is weird when I say this, but like man. If you black and you have not been to Atlanta, I really, really, really want to put two hands on your back and push you. You need to go. Like, go see it. Don't take anybody else's word for it. Go see it. Like, to see black people walking around just all through, just downtown is just littered with just black people. Like, not to just sound like it's weird, but it's weird. I didn't see... A person that wasn't black for like the radius of the radius of radius. We mentioned it too. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Like, look, look, Hooters. You know how normally Hooters is there's a token black girl. No, there's a token everything else. All the girls are black. <laughs> everything yeah. else is token. Yep. In downtown, it's like downtown. And then, like, how y'all talking about the kids, man? Like, I met, like, the last time I went, I met uh, with this group, and they basically have these after-school programs for kids that really aren't into sports, or they're they, they they're really into business. They want to learn how to make sure that they don't ever have to go to college, and they just want to come out of high school and be owning something. And they hone that in like after school every day. They come to this building and work with people like ourselves. And just hang out till everyone else come in. Like, I yeah. thought that was so dope. Like, and like I, I, I always talk about stuff, and people say, "Man, that ain't no business. You can't do that." that I, well, and then it, it's just like stuff that I've seen. It's, uh, you know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. I just saw a post right now said, "How can we make Oklahoma better? Just start doing stuff." And I mean, it starts with voting the right people in and the wrong people out. But, you know, it, man, we just got to start doing stuff. Like, honestly, start doing stuff more than just partying because life is bigger yeah. than the party because we the can party word. and making money. The key like, word is good. I don't know why we have convinced ourselves that the only time <laughs> that we can really be around each other is to shake our butt because, like, man, life is bigger than that. You talking about in Oklahoma? No, just period. I mean, Oklahoma is guilty, but period. Like, because as much as I love Atlanta, that's the reason I left. They party from Sunday to Sunday. Like, I learned that there was a club that's open every night till the morning light. Like, and if you're around the right people, you can learn where they are. And it just didn't stop. It didn't stop. And I was working, you know, in a club environment anyway, so it was like, it was kind of like my thing to go around. I was tired of it, man. I never thought I'd get tired of being in clubs and, hey, shaking hands all the time. I, mean, I was tired of it. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not, I, I think that's fine. And then to, to party and all that stuff. But I think that people who are doing stuff <coughs> on a serious level, you know what I'm saying? It's time to party, you know, to play, and it's time to work. And when you have money, you can play a little bit more, you know what I mean? But. <clears throat> it's those. It's, 
I can guarantee you people who try to do something, they ain't spending five or six days unless that's their they, they job. They're not spending five or six days in their club. They're out there hustling and making money. So, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm not against it. I think, again, you work hard, you play hard, but there's a time and place for it. All right, y'all. All right, all right. We have had an amazing conversation, and I'm sure this will not be the last time we talk about it, but we're going to go ahead and keep this party going because it is now time for Miss Cicely Victoria, the fire starter herself, is about to grace us on the end of this here show and get us jump started for the rest of the week. So, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> Hey, Keela. Hey, boo. <laughs> hey, my squad. How we doing? Two squad. Hey, what's up, two nations? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's, what's up? going on? Hey, hey, hey. I, I'm well. I am well. I see y'all been having some super hot fire conversation, y'all, here <laughs> on the deep philosophical tip. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the rest. Yes, I'm loving it. Like this, it's like millionaires, what's taking over the world? What? All right. So, (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, hello, everyone. It's Coop Nation. This is your very own, one and only, Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. My business tree is to help train and equip people to find their voice of identity so they can stop people pleasing and be empowered, encourage confidence and communication. I'm a certified professional coach. I'm a counselor as well, you guys. I am the queen of empowerment, and I set people's lives on fire for a living, and that's why they call me the fire starter. Welcome to Passion Talk, where we give you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. So we are rounding the corner on our third segment of Seven Worst Times to Start a Relationship. So exciting. We've We've learned so much, and I pray everyone is out there have been doing your life work, okay? I wish there was a way for me to check in on you because I believe in massive accountability, okay? Accountability is where it all starts and ends, you guys, real talk. So I pray you've been um, doing your life work, but I'm going to review, as a good coach will do, all of the other steps. So just in case for anyone who has missed the first two segments, you will get the review as well and that life work, okay? So... Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start with the review, shall we? So we have um, talked about and discussed. So number one, remember, this is no necessarily order, right? It's um, not comprehensive. It is just the seven heavy hitters that we are touching upon, but we're sure we can think of many others. But number one time of not the worst time to start a relationship is in the season of the cuff, okay? Cuffing season, we know it as, all right? It is a trending season. It's a season where everybody's doing it. It's a season where, you know, it's cold outside. You want to be cuddled up. You want to keep warm. It's warm outside. You want a boo to go to events with and things of that nature. Do not start a relationship on the premise of the cuff, ladies and gentlemen. It is a deceiver, and it is not your friend, all right? Number two, okay, 
the worst time to start a relationship is when you have no identity, no identity. You have no clue who you are. You have no clue who you are not. You have no clue why you're here. You have no clue what problems you solve in the earth. You don't have no standards. You don't have no boundaries. You don't have no uh, negotiables. You don't have no non-negotiables. You're just out there, okay? And I'm going to need you to get somewhere and find yourself, all right? You do not start a relationship where you do not even know what you bring to the table, who you are. Absolutely not. Number three, worst time to start a relationship is when you're bored. You're boring and I'm bored with you, okay? So remember, boring people don't usually get the pick of the litter. Let's just establish that, all right? Complacency, when you're, com- when you're bored, you're usually complacent and you're comfortable and you just don't have your best, like, antennas on, okay? So I just say wait till you have something going on for yourself in your life and then you usually your standards are usually a little bit higher, all right, as far as your pickings are concerned. Number four review is when you are lustful and you are lonely. Yes, yes, yes. It is the worst time to start a relationship when you're lustful and you're lonely, the double L twins, all right? So we gave life work for the double L twins when you're lustful and you're lonely. What I need you to do instead of going and, you know, getting up under somebody on top of them, whatever your preference is, I'm not going to go there. But, you know, your life work is for here. I need you to brainstorm five to ten healthy distractions for yourself at these times. We understand. We talked about ladies. There's a certain time of the month, right? Your body's saying, hey, we're supposed to be receiving seed, okay? We know that it's ovulation time. And men, you know, typically when they get out of a relationship, they just want to get rid of the drama and the pain of losing a loved one possibly and get connected to somebody else real quick. But that is when you need to stop, halt, stop where you are, all right? I need you to establish five to ten healthy distractions. This might be phoning a friend. This might be exercising. You know I love the sauna. That's my go-to. It's public activity, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Stay out of the private, in the corner, in the dark, all right? Number five, all right, worst time to start a relationship is when you're actively waiting for mating. This is so very important. This is one of the key ones, okay? Pay attention to this. Instead of, okay, when you're actively waiting for mating, that means that you have to be that much more particular about who you entertain, all right? So any old man won't do. Any old woman won't do, all right? Remember, it's been established that many times the counterfeit comes before the promise. So when you set yourself up and you know that you have prepared yourself, you positioned yourself, you prospered, um, you postured yourself, right, in order to be found properly, ladies, or in order to be uh, to to seek properly, kings then you know that you're not going to pay attention to everything that comes along your way, okay? So even though you got it going on, you got to be really particular when you're waiting for mating. What I want you to do instead is I want you to chronicle who you are actively uh, waiting for or looking for, okay, with clear and concise precision, detailed description. Make your request known unto God. He hears you, all right? And although he may not honor all of your little petty requests, he will deal with the things that are most significant, okay? So you need to know what do you want first and foremost. Now, let's round the corner with number six. Number six. Everybody say number six, y'all. Number six. Worst time to start a relationship is during a painful transition, during a painful transition when you're too vulnerable, when um, 
okay, during a painful transition, let me talk about what's conditionally happening to you when you're in a painful transition, okay? Um, so painful transitions could look like this. They're usually traumatic experiences, okay? It's like trauma, um, anything that could be painful. It's uh, divorce. It could be death. It could be loss. It could be extreme poverty. All of these are very, very painful experiences. My, uh, okay, I know, like, my squad is listening attentively, but it's a little quiet up here. I want to make sure people still hear. Somebody say something to me. Hello? Yes, ma'am. We're here. Okay, we're I want to make sure you're still here. Okay, okay. I'm like, what are you quiet? Yeah, we you're trying, like, listening to me, Lord. I didn't drop the line, Jesus. I didn't drop oh. the line. Uh oh, it's the background noise, so we were just trying to do Okay, no worries, no worries. I appreciate it. No worries. Okay. All right, get off my lap. Okay, so. (laughs) so, Okay, so during a painful transition, listen, you are too vulnerable at this time, okay? And typically during this time, you are susceptible to do things just to numb the pain of that transition, just to numb the pain of that trauma. Please pay attention to this. It's so, so very important, okay, because these are typically the times when humans become vulnerable in the space. We decrease our sensitization to be alert or to be on guard, like our guards typically come down, and we just want to do things in order to bring uh, pleasure or to numb pain to ourselves. I'm going to disclose something to you. Uh, I want to give a testimony of how Back in my 20s, particularly, uh, with a really rough time in a relationship with my mother. Um, I'm very close to my mother. I'm an only, and, um, you know, she's like my best friend. And so anytime um, that I was having a hard time with my mom, when it was a particularly hard time, um, I would act out in other ways, okay, in order to numb the pain of that which I was having with my mom. Now, Everybody does this, okay? Typically, everybody could be prone to doing this in some type of way. So how I would do it, but everybody expresses differently. For some, it might be drugs. For some, it might be, you know, um, this illicit sexual act. For some, it might be porn. For some, it might be anything unhealthy that could be numbing for you, like quick, fast, and in a hurry for a temporary fix to numb pain. That which That is what you'll be susceptible for doing. So me... What I did was I sought out casual pleasure, right, um, with men at that time in order to numb the pain that I was experiencing due to my relationship with my mom, all right? Please track this, okay? This is how this breaks down. So when you are unhealthy, when you're in an unhealthy frame of mind, you're not going to make the best choices for yourself. That's why it's the worst time to get a relationship because here I was um, acting out casual pleasures, which I already knew were casual and temporary for me, um, but and, but what I was doing was I was using and abusing people that I really didn't care about, and basically it was for my own demise and my own destruction and for my own pleasures and for my own gain. It was the root of selfishness, honestly, okay? But it wasn't only that for me. It was I was harming other people, too, because let's say that they really cared about me. Let's say they were really catching feelings or whatever. I never intended for that to happen, but maybe they didn't get the memo about that. Like, this is just is what it is or what have you. Like, I'm really not into you like that. Like, I just want you to help me get my rocks off and leave you alone, okay? So that, like, 
that is dangerous, dangerous ground, okay? You don't do that to people, and you shouldn't do that to yourself, okay? So your life work, if you're in that condition, you've experienced a painful transition, some kind of trauma, something that leaves you very vulnerable, what you do instead is I want you to assess your emotional health for what a relationship really requires, okay? And if you need assistance doing that, I want you to reach out to me, firestarterpassion at gmail.com, because I understand how sometimes you don't even know that you're in a vulnerable state, that you don't even know, like, that you're going through this painful transition. But you need to assess, and somebody with an objective view to help you assess your emotional health for what a real relationship requires. So you won't go into a relationship causing damage not just to yourself but also to the other individual. People are valuable. And sometimes people don't recover from relational um, ills, right? Sometimes, sometimes people's souls aren't healthy enough to recover when somebody has did them dirty in relationships. So we should do our due diligence to make sure that we set ourselves up healthy enough where we won't leave somebody bruised and wounded and damaged and dropped because you entered into their life, all right? Let's just say lie on that. The last one, okay, the last one, last worst time to start a relationship, is obvious, hello, when you need it too much, you thirsty, and you desperate, okay? Let's just talk about that, all right? Worst time to start a relationship is when you just need it just too, too dang go much. You're just too thirsty. You're just too desperate. You try too hard. You're too available. You're too needy. You're insecure. You're dramatic. You're unstable. You're disloyal. You give way too much. You don't have no boundaries. You don't got no standards. You're a yes woman. You're a yes man. Um, and people can't easily take advantage of you and you let them come on here okay you way too needy all right so let's say you you say to yourself that it's better like having some attention is better than no attention the devil is a liar okay having no attention is better than any attention all right you better understand that i say it again having no attention is better than any attention so i want you to drop that lie saying having some attention is better than no attention okay please any attention is not better than no attention. No attention is better than just any attention. Please say that three times fast in a hurry. Yes, write it down ten times. Okay, your life work, if this is you, okay, you got to be honest. Your life work, listen, we all been there. We all been needy. We all been desperate at some point in time in our life. Let's just drop the charade. We all have been there, but you need to come out of that, all right? So I challenge you, ooh, this going to be a doozy. This is for the real this is for the real heavy hitters, okay? This is for the real impact players. This is your life work. I challenge you to a whole year. A whole year of a long time to yourself. Mm, y'all ain't ready for that. I challenge you to a whole year of being alone without being in or trying to be in a relationship, no romantic interest dates, only friends, and I mean true friends, not friends with benefits, not friends with, you know, boo potentials on the side. I mean platonic friends, okay? Somebody you're not attracted to if you try to be attracted to them, them kind of friends, okay? Them friends is okay, but aside from that, I want you to spend some time to yourself. Give me a year. Can you give yourself a year? If a year is too much of stress for you, start with six months. But you need to have a concentrated, okay, carved out time where you get to be contented with you. That will relieve you of your thirst. That will help you to quench your desperation. And that will just help you to get to know yourself better and not be so desperate and needy all the time. 
real quick, there was a um, question that was asked about how you know if you're equally yoked with someone else. Really, we've broached a lot of this. If you go back on the replays and listen, we've talked a lot about this, but it really starts with knowing who you are, what it is that you want, and then, therefore, you know what to look for and see what complements you, okay? The, the word calls it a suitable mate, right? You need someone who's suitable for you. Everyone is not cut for you. There's a type of man that is cut for me, okay? There's a type of woman that is cut for a man. That means, okay, that, that they get in the pocket. You know about that pocket? What y'all know about that pocket, okay? <laughs> they get in the pocket, all right? <laughs> of your, not, to, not to, you know, they get in the pocket physically. They get in the pocket emotionally. They get in the pocket spiritually. I mean, y'all just got a zone going on. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you're an exact same person. Please understand this. It doesn't mean that you're exactly the same, but you have the same intention and you're going in the same direction, but baseline, your values should match up, okay? Please get that right. Make sure that your values are synonymous because everything is built on a value system, and if your value system is not synonymous, more than likely you're not equally yoked. I do pray that you all have learned something in this series of seven words time to start a relationship. Listen, y'all, the book is coming soon. Okay, look, be on the lookout for that. But as we conclude this, before I wrap it up, any questions or comments or concerns? I, I do have a question, Mrs. Sleep. My, sure. my question is if um, if a person is already past that point, they've wait, they've been waiting. You know, I know somebody been waiting 19 years. You know, mm. I mean, they've they spent time with themselves. They yeah. don't have a good relationship with the Lord. They, they're stable, yeah. and they know they're ready. So how, yeah. how would you, you know, they wouldn't need to go necessarily go through all these steps. So what would be your advice to them if, to know that they're ready to go ahead and start dating? Yeah, Seriously. certainly. Well, you know, if they are... You know, this is well. Can I? Can I? I don't know who this person is, so I, I need to ask some very uh, real questions. Um, okay. Would you consider them like an attractive individual? I mean, something that's pleasurable to the eyes. Do they know how to put yeah. an outfit together? I mean, they got yeah. themselves together. Okay. Okay. So with that, I mean, having to cover. I mean, honestly, I think that you uh, you would select maybe healthy environments to get um, around the right type of people. Listen, I'm going to tell you something I do, okay, with my friends. I set my friends on posts, okay? My friends are my referral agents, all right, even in the place of love. So... Because I listen, I said if I can get referrals for business and for clients, surely I can get a referral, okay, for a a future prospect for myself. Surely, why? Because I trust my friends, okay. I'm talking about the close and intimate ones, you know, your your inside friends, right? I'm talking about those people, those your confidants, those you trust. You know that they wouldn't steer you wrong. You know they're not hating on you on the side. You know they have their best interests in mind. Put them people to work, okay? They are your eyes where you can't be everywhere. So that's what I say. I say get you some good hands full of friends who have your best interest in mind and really celebrate you and your future marriage and really want to see it for you. More than likely, they married already, okay? Let me just know. A lot of singles can't do that because they might try to snatch up for themselves. I'm just saying. But, okay, <laughs> okay. but I, I think that's a good recommendation. And then get some healthy okay. places that you can go out – 
to meet people, networking, things of that nature. Like Rashawn says, stay out of that club. Ain't nothing club. Ain't nothing in the club for you. Okay, <laughs> ain't nothing in the club for you. Just go to some other healthy places. Be creative, right? And then mm-hmm. just make yourself presentable and appropriate at all times. That's what I say. That's what I say. Was that helpful? Okay. That was. I'm going to pass that message along. Yes, pass it along. Pass it along. Yes, I mean, yeah, I, I say just, yeah, it's, that should never be a, a situation, you know, for anyone. I think the only problem they should have is knowing which ones to say no to. Okay, because yeah. that's what I say. So I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm rooting for them. And they can they can contact me if you know, where they want to get some uh, more ideas. Firesiderpassion at gmail.com. Huh? Send, them, send them my way. Sure thing. We can have that talk. Yeah. All right. Good job. All right. Appreciate you. So, oh, you are most welcome. Okay. When don't be trying to cut me off. You know I do my proper clothes. And Winfrey needs a woman. Okay. He 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 hasn't met me. This is Sister Victoria. Even if it's not starting a business, 
just doing something to help create wealth uh, for your family and for uh, your for the generations to come after you. Have a good night. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you next week. God bless. I try to keep it low when you cut me to the floor Cause I don't wanna cry no tears Would you believe this love is real?